There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Remain seated. Lift your Bible I'm lifting my phone because that's where I got the Harvest Mobile app. And it's right there at the screen. So we're going to say it together to the bottom of the screen. One, two, ready, let's go. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, customize, tailor, make this word for us, your people, that we move and walk in those things that you have ordained. I pray against any distraction. I come against anything that would prohibit or inhibit us from receiving your word today. Speak to us today. Answer prayers, give clarity, give direction like only you can. I pray that before this experience is over, something miraculous would happen to, the, uh, to everybody under the sound of my voice, those in the building and those watching us on digital campuses today. I decree and declare you're going to feed our souls today would you say this with me say lord feed me today say answer prayers today say give direction today in jesus name would you give god one more praise before we get in this word we are in week five of our series, Harvest at the Movies, and today we're going back to 1997 to the classic movie produced by Kenneth Babyface Edmonds called Soul Food. It's about one of Maude Simmons' uh, diabetic grandmother who's played by, uh, who's called Josephine, or Big Mama Joe. She falls into a coma doing an operation to amputate her leg. Let me stop right there. Don't let anybody outlove the people you love. 
What do you mean? Tomorrow is not promised. And I need some of you to let go of those grudges. I need some of you to let go of that hatred, that anger, and that pain. Because in that movie, she went in there for an operation that she thought she was going to come out, but she didn't leave past that operation. I need some of you to realize it ain't worth holding on to that drama. It ain't worth holding on to that anger. Some of you after church, you need to let some stuff go. If I'm talking to you, throw one hand up and say, I'm letting it go. Some of you need to forgive your spouse. You need to let it go. You're mad over cereal. Some of you need to forgive your children. You're mad over this, that, and the other. It's amazing the difference a day makes, even in our nation. Just yesterday, there were dozens of families who were affected, who simply went to go to do back-to-school shopping. And in their back-to-school shopping, 20 individuals lost their lives. I'm here to tell you, tomorrow is not promised, and you got to maximize every moment. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I need to let you know, let yourself free from your yesterday and live in your now. I need you to throw your hands up and say, Lord, help me manifest my now. Yeah, I'm not stuck in my yesterday. I'm not stuck in my past. I'm not stuck in my failures. All I got is right here and right now. And yes, I made some mistakes in my yesterday, but that was then and this is now. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. All things are made new. She goes in for operation and doesn't come out. Be careful when you're holding grudges. Be careful when you're calling yourself mad at the wrong people. Be careful, watch this, when you're throwing tantrums with people. Be careful when you are disloyal to the people that have been loyal to you. She goes in for this operation and to amputate her leg and she ends up, she ends up passing away and it throws the family into chaos. Interestingly enough, the name of the family is the Joseph family. And Joseph, watch this, is a name from the scriptures, which means, watch this, the Lord continues to increase me. You need to know, watch this, that you are the Joseph in your bloodline. What does that mean? Joseph was betrayed by his brothers. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. But Joseph was the one that delivered his brothers. Bishop Foreman, what are you trying to tell me? You are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. You're the Joseph. What does that mean? It doesn't matter what looks like it's taking me down. At the end of the day, God's going to use it to take me up. I don't care what's been trying to beat you back. Baby, you better bounce back and press forward. Somebody shout I am Joseph that's the name of the family but the family's in chaos once the matriarch is gone let me say this watch this be careful when you are not responsive to good leadership sometimes watch this you disrespect and dishonor good leadership and then when it's absent you feel its effects they didn't realize just how important she was until they couldn't talk to her no more they didn't realize just how important church was until they couldn't come get the word no more. Y'all ain't talking to me. They didn't realize how important it was to have good leadership until they didn't have it anymore. Amen. Whatever you do not value, watch this, God's response is to remove. I just said something right there. I, I need you to just say, Lord, show me how to value things. I yeah, if you don't value a good wife, sometimes God says, I'm gonna have, if you don't value a good husband, y'all ain't talking to me. If you don't value things, then sometimes the only way to get you to see the value is to remove it so you can pay attention to the value. So the family's in chaos. Say chaos. So, so they watch as, 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 as Ahmad, that's the, that's the, he was trying to bring everybody together. He was a little peacemaker. So he's trying to bring everybody together. And so he gets everybody together to try to have these Sunday soul food dinners. And that's what we're doing at church today. It's just 1115. You, just, you can smell it, though. 
they were sold out before the first experience. Before church started, they were sold out. Check this out. Check this out. But they fall into old rivalries, and these rivalries create tension in the family. Whenever you are close to major breakthrough, you will always have family drama, family issues. How do you know? If you read your Bible, every time stuff went down in their families, it was right on the precipice of something big being placed in their hands. I need you to not, watch this, look at family drama as a negative thing. I need you to look at it as an indication. I came for everybody where you've been having issues with the people closest to you to tell you that's an indication you're about to step into a major breakthrough. I need you to not even be mad about it. Matter of fact, after church, some of y'all just need to say, child, I ain't even mad no more. Why? Because a breakthrough is coming my way and God's about to put something big in my hands. So here's what I want to talk about. There's so many angles I could use of this move. I could use sibling rivalry. I could use family drama. I could use picking bad relationships because one of the sisters picked a guy that was, that was beneath her. And whenever you bottom feed, uh, you will always get fed from the bottom. And so um, I, there's so many different, different ways that I could take, take, to take the message. But here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about this. I want to ask you this question. What are you feeding your soul? What you eating? Touch your neighbor and say, what you eating? Now, if you don't have a neighbor that, like, talk to you real good and strong there, just pick another one for the remainder of the experience. Why? Bishop Foreman, why do you have us talk to our neighbor so much? I didn't come to talk to my neighbor. I came to hear from you. I understand that. But here's what you need to understand. Matthew 18, 19 teaches us a spiritual principle that whenever two or three touch agreeing on anything, it shall be done for them. So one of the reasons I have you engage your neighbor is not to just have a preaching trick or something for you to do. It's so that we can activate the principle. So, like, watch this. When you touch your neighbor and say, your house is next, do it. What did you just do? You just stirred up agreement in your room. When you touch your neighbor and say something big's coming your way, tell them. You just stirred up faith on your road, so something big is coming. All I'm trying to do is follow the Bible. You and I are spirits, guys. That's our subconscious mind. That's who we really are. That's the real us. You and I are spirits. This body is a suit that we wear. This is not us. You are not your Maybelline, Mac, or CoverGirl. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are not your pecs, you are not your biceps and triceps, nor your lips. You are a spirit that has a physical body. And here's what we possess. We possess a soul. What's up, my soul, Bishop? It's your conscious mind. This is the you that you can feed, that you can grow. This is your conscious mind. Watch this, which also is your thoughts, your will, and your emotions. So say, I have a soul. Here are the four things in your soul. Say, my conscious mind, thoughts, Will, emotions, which means you can think outside of your mind, which is why some of the thoughts we think don't even make sense. Because your soul is your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions, which means you can create a thought that is absent making any sense because it didn't come from your mind, it came from your emotions. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Have you ever sat up and said, I know this ain't the right way to think about this, but that's how I think about it anyhow? It is because your soul is four distinct compartments, your mind, your thoughts, your will, and your emotions. Say it with me. Your mind, your thoughts, your will, and your emotions. One more again. Your mind, your thoughts, your will, your emotion. Watch me. What you feed your soul is showing up in how you walk and how you talk. 
What does that mean? It's showing up in the words that come out of your mouth, and it's showing up in the way that you live your life. Your soul is being fed something, and whatever you're feeding it is showing up in your life. Based on what you see in your life, what does it say about what you're feeding your soul? It's quiet right through there. David, somebody say David. David. We love David, but David, if you, re, if you study David's life, David had a whole lot of issues. But let's tell the truth. There's some people on your row, including the person in your seat. Well, we all got some issues that we're working through. And before we even get into this, let's just give God glory for this. Why? I may not be, you know where I'm going, where I want to be. But is there anybody in here that can thank God that you're not where you used to be? Somebody say, I'm making progress. So Psalm 143. So this is called a penitential psalm. What this means is that, is that David has done something wrong. So he writes a song about it, which, which is also a prayer. A psalm is a song, which is also a prayer in this particular instance. So he's really begging God. Y'all remember when music... Was, was apologetic. You know what the songs would be like, you know, girl, you know I, I love you. And it's talking about something went wrong, and y'all don't know that apparently at 1115. Nita Baker said, I believe me, I do. Music now ain't apologetic. People are so arrogant today now, they'll do you wrong and then ask why you didn't apologize to them. But there was a time when music was apologetic. You know, they would write love songs to apologize, you know. I wasn't a big country music, uh, you know, person. I like Achy Breaky Heart. I like Achy Breaky Heart. Um, um, and some other songs, too. Um, but, but sort of the theme of it is, you know, this happened, this happened, this happened. My girl did this, my girl did this, but I needed to come back. Come on back to me. Y'all yeah, remember when songs were apologetic? This is essentially what this is for David. This is David's apologetic song. So David is like, listen, God, I done wrong, I done wrong. And I need you to come back to me. Because the reason I feel far from you ain't because you moved. It's because I moved. Because I did something wrong. I need you to know if you feel far from God, God didn't move. So Psalm 143, we're going to look at each verse. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my pleas for mercy. In your faithfulness, answer me. In your righteousness. He's like, God, what I've done is so wrong, I don't even think you're going to hear me. So I'm begging you to give me mercy. Mercy, mercy me. Things ain't like they used to be. I need you to give me mercy because I have been making a mess out of my life. That's how the song starts. Instead of the name, it's going to be a good song. Y'all remember we used to leave songs on our voicemail? Come on, man. wait, wait, wait. Who used to do, listen, you take that, you have your stereo and you put your phone next to it to record the song and then you put the song on, then talk, hello, I'm not available right now. But leave a message after the tone and I'll be right back. Then you put it back over here trying to fade it in. Don't y'all lie like that. Y'all remember that. I used to do it. Kurt Franklin had this song, Melodies from Heaven. Play it, play it, play it. He had, but he had the slow version. He had the slow version. You know the slow version? That's okay. Just play, just play the regular version slow. So I said, and so it would come on and I'd be like, hello. I'm unable to take your call right now. Because when I was a kid coming up, 
on the phone, they used to say I sounded, they always called me ma'am. So if I was calling to handle business, they'd be like, hold on one second, ma'am. I said, I am not a ma'am. So in my voicemail, I had to make sure it was extra deep. I said, just let the melodies from heaven, just let them flow to you as you leave this voicemail. And then it got real loud. I put the phone back over there. <laughs> Somebody said, this is going to be a good song. Look at verse 2. Enter not into judgment with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. Judgment is when God corrects you by force. He asked the Lord, he said, Lord, I know you really should slap me around for how I've acted. I know you should check me in a way I ain't never been checked for how the way I've acted. Is there anybody that can tell the truth? There's some stuff we've done that God could really give us the business for what we did. But he didn't. He gave us mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is when he blocks the negative that you do deserve. And grace is when he gives you something good that you did not deserve. Can I tell you, you're not in here because of your education. You're not in here because of your background. You're not in here because of who you know. You're only in here because of two reasons. Because of grace and mercy. Only reason you're still standing is because of grace and mercy. Only reason that car accident didn't kill you is because of grace and mercy. Only reason you didn't lose your mind in the middle of that divorce is because of grace and mercy. So he says, he says, don't, don't. He says, I know you should knock me out. Judgment. I know you should correct me by force. He says, but please don't do that. And then watch, watch what he does. He, then he brings up other people. You know something's going on in you. When you make a relationship between two people involve other people. He starts bringing up other folks. He said, Lord, now they ain't done right either. So if you're going to get me, get the whole row. I need you to stop playing the blame game because when you blame, life will always be lame. Watch me, watch me. Watch, 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 watch. Verse 3. For the enemy has pursued my what? Soul. Stick with me because you're like, what does this have to do with soul food? I'm getting there. For the enemy has pursued my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He's made me sit in the darkness like those that long dead. What did his enemy come after? His soul. What is that? Mind, thoughts, will, emotions. And his emotions are what's in the fight. That's where the war is. Most of us think that the war is with the devil. It's not. He's a defeated foe. Most of us think, oh, I'm fighting against good and evil. No, no. The only thing you're fighting with is what's going on in your soul. Your mind, your thoughts, your will, and your emotions, they are going through trauma. And here's what David said. It made me feel like I'm crushed, I'm in darkness, and I'm with the dead folk. Here's what he says. He says, I feel crushed. What does that mean? It means that everything I was trying to do got shut down. It means every time I take one step forward, come on. He says, I'm crushed. But then he says, not only am I crushed, he says, but I feel uncertain. That's what darkness means. I'm sitting in darkness. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. And to add insult to injury, I'm like those that are long dead. In other words, he says, I'm alone. See, some of you, you got many people around you, but tell the truth, you still feel alone. Some of you talk on the phone to everybody, Lottie Dottie and everybody all the time. You're always texting, you're always Facebooking, you're always Instagramming, you're always Snapchatting. But the truth be told is there are moments where you still feel like you are by yourself. And can I tell you, that's because your soul is now trying to mess with you. Well, I said, let's go further. Verse 4. Therefore, my spirit, what does it do? Faints within me. Stop. He has an issue with his soul that affects his spirit. Which means, watch this, his spirituality is messed up because his soul has an issue. His emotions got him thinking God ain't with him. His emotions and his thoughts 
and his will, it's got him acting in a way that's contrary to spirituality he knows. Have you ever known God to be a healer, but your emotions got you questioning whether or not he's going to do it for you? In other words, he says, my soul issue is messing with my spirit. And I need some of you not to let your soul interfere with your spirituality. Not to get you to stop coming to church and stop serving and stop believing and stop giving. Why? Don't let your soul mess up your spirit. See, for years, perhaps you thought they were the same, but they're not. Watch what he says. Therefore, my spirit faints. Somebody say it faints. Come here. Come here. All right. All right. Come on. Right. Come on, right, y'all. All right. Now faint. <laughs> That's a real faint there. That, that's good. Boy, you good. Look, he all contorted and everything. This is good. Notice, nobody pushed him. Nobody hit him. Nobody ran him over. Check it out. My, his soul made him give up on himself. His, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. His soul made him quit on himself. When you faint, it means you lose strength. Watch this, to fight your own battle. And I come against and I rebuke the parts of you that want to faint. I rebuke the parts of you that say, I can't take no more. I rebuke the parts that somebody say, I'm not fainting. You've come too far to give up now. You've come too far to throw him the town now. You made too much progress to throw him the town now. The rest of this year is going to be the best of this year for you. Tell your neighbor, say, you will not faint. Thank you, son. That's good. Would you do it one more time? Just faint. And you have an Android, right? That's probably why you couldn't stand. All right, thank you. You can't stand when you got robots. God wants you to have fruit. Y'all ain't talking to me. I'm just playing. <laughs> I got you, see? <laughs> so there's this thing. If you look at prayer, be on prayer tomorrow night. So there's this war that happens between Android users And people who are saved, <laughs> Apple users. <laughs> but I'm a patient pastor, so I, all the Android users, I still love them. <laughs> love you. Praying for your deliverance. Verse 4. I'm just joking, guys, just joking. My spirit faints. Look at me. Notice, look at me. He gave up on his spirit. His spirit is what's connected to God. Look at me. What he's saying is, I gave up on God. I gave up on putting God first. I gave up on following God's word. I gave up on my spirituality because I had an issue with my soul. Let's tell the truth. How many of us have done that before? We all have. If your neighbor's not raising your hand, they have a scheduled time to do this over the next few months. Because we all have done that. So ain't nobody being judged because we all been there. Somebody say we all been there. 
Look at the next part. My heart within me is appalled. Heart in scripture is the Hebrew word lev, L-E-B, which means mind. So now we understand he's still referring to his soul. And he says, my mind, that part of my soul, it's appalled. And check this out. To be appalled means to be dismayed. It means to be pale. In other words, he says, I'm shocked by, watch this, what's happened to me, but I'm more shocked about how I've acted in response to what happened to me. Have you ever done something that when you look back on it, you shocked yourself and you said, why did I say that? Why did I act like that? Why did I treat them that way? Why did I do it that way? David says, I'm in the middle of a mess and it's my fault. I'm appalled, not just to what happened to me. I'm appalled by me. Let's tell the truth, y'all. We've all been there at some point. And check this out. Verse 5, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you've done. I ponder the work of your hands. In other words, David says, God, I'm so appalled at me, I had to go back and tell my testimony to myself. I don't know who I'm talking to, but some of you, watch this, don't miss, watch this, the miracle you are because of the miracle you're trying to see. Sometimes you need to remind yourself, you already beat death, you already beat sickness, you already beat mess. Is there anybody in this room that's got a testimony that would blow somebody's mind? You've already beat the statistics. You've already overcome the stuff that you thought you'd never be able to overcome. Would you throw your hands up and say, I am a testimony? Baby, you know how to take a licking and keep on ticking. You know how to go through hell and come out licking an ice cream cone. You sit next to somebody bad. I don't mean bad in a negative way. David said, I got to tell my testimony to myself. Sometimes when you're driving in the car and your soul starts messing with you, you got to say, wait a minute. Six months ago, God got me through something bigger than this. And, uh, y'all, sometimes you got to remind yourself, wait a minute. I'm already winning and I wasn't given a winning hand. I'm already playing a bad hand and I'm playing it well and I'm still winning anyhow. I've already overcome what they said I couldn't overcome. I've already beat what they said I could not beat. Stuff that made other people lose their mind is finally what made me find mine. I'm already testimony. Look, he says, I got to keep telling my testimony to myself. You want to know why so many people in your job keep asking you about what you've been through? Maybe it's not because they need to hear it. It's because God needs you to say it so that you hear it again. Because your soul's got you thinking this is it. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. Your soul has got you in shame. It's got you silent. And it's got you sitting there paralyzed. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. You hear? Verse 7. Answer me quickly, O Lord. Now watch what's happening. He says, my spirit fails. He says, I'm doing wrong. Watch this. And he says, my soul is so jacked up, I don't even care. He said, I'm doing what I know I ain't got no business doing, and I don't even care. And he said, Lord, I recognize it, but I need you to help me because my soul is causing my spirit to do some crazy stuff, and I'm failing at what I used to succeed at. I used to succeed at making sure I didn't let crazy come in the house. And now you didn't got all kind of crazy folk up. Y'all ain't talking to me. You used to succeed at making sure nothing got in between you and God. And now the moment you get a little message on your phone, you'll stop praying to see what they're talking about. You used to succeed. And now he says, my spirit is failing. He says, and, and I know I'm failing. He says, but I need you to help my soul. Say, Lord, help my soul. Come on, let 15 say, Lord, help my soul. He says, he says, don't hide your face from me. 
lest I be like those who go down to the pit. The word face in scripture, whenever it's referring to the face of God, it's referring to the attitude of God. Now, can I teach you for a moment? In this phrase, in the Hebrew language of our Old Testament, when David says this, here's what he's saying. He says, Lord, I'd much rather you look at me with an attitude than leave me. Say it another way. I'd much rather you be angry with me than leave me. I'd much rather you have to check me real strong instead of leave me. He says, because at least if you check me, I know you love me. Why? Because any father that loves his child, he'll correct him. And we got an issue in America where we don't know what real love looks like. In America, we think real love looks like coddling and rocking and shaking. But real love sometimes has to check you and not care if you get an attitude. Real love sometimes have to put you in your place and put you back in your life. Is there anybody that can thank God that he loves you? He loves you so much, he'll check you. He loves you so much, he'll put you back in place. He loves you so much, he'll put you back in gear. He says, God, I can deal with that. Just don't leave me. Because if you leave me, I'll be like people in the pit, those that are dead. Say, Lord, don't leave me. That's what a psalmist, David, he says, take not your presence from me. Take not your spirit from me. He said, listen, God, I can deal with a lot of stuff. I just can't have you leaving me. Can I encourage somebody in here today? That conviction you feel when you're doing something you ain't got no business doing, that's proof God ain't left you. I need you to not feel like you're being picked on. I need you to know that you've been picked. Why? God says, I love you. I chose you. You're mine. And you don't have a choice to act like everybody else. You don't have the option of being like everybody else. Why? You are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. Verse 8. Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love. So he's like, Lord, please, by the time I wake up, please let this be better. You have prayed one of them prayers? Lord, by the time I wake up, please let something. And then you wake up, and the problem. Watch. He says, he says, let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love. That's your mercy. For in you all trust, make me know the way I should go. For to you I lift up my what? Soul. Do you see the theme here? His soul is where the problem is. The problem ain't the problem. How his soul handles it is the problem. Look at me, Levitine. Your problem is not the problem. In fact, the reason it's in front of you is because God already knew you could handle that. God never brings you to something God can't get you through. The, re the issue that you and I have is that our souls will sometimes respond in a crazy way. And don't let us do something crazy and make a mistake like David did. Because then our souls will send us into a spiral. And now you, I'm just so ashamed. I'm just so this. I'm just so that. I can't believe I did this. I can't believe Or you'll do the opposite. You'll get arrogant about being a. First Sunday. About being a donkey. Put up um, Deuteronomy 22.10 in the King James Version of the Bible. Stick that up for me just so the saints of God can read it. I just want y'all to see this. Touch your neighbor and say, don't get arrogant, don't get arrogant. Uh, when you've done wrong. <laughs> Worst thing you can do is be like Adam and get arrogant after you've done wrong. Because God be like, oh, so that's how you're going to act? I, I just want the church to read Deuteronomy 22.10 in unison like one big choir in the King James Version. Ready? Read. 
Don't get arrogant when you didn't been acting like him. You said it. <laughs> look, look, at verse, look at verse 8. He says, I'm confused about what to do. He says, and my confusion is because of me. He says, I sat in church and heard the word. I know exactly how to fix this. But my soul resisted it. My soul knew exactly how to correct the situation. So he says, I lift up my soul to you. He says, because I clearly don't know what to do with it. Please don't let anybody tell you to follow your heart. The Bible says in Jeremiah, your heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know it? In other words, watch this. David says, I have proven I can't properly manage my mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. So I lift them up to you. I give them to you. Somebody say, I give it to you, Lord. No, no, no. Now, this, this, is, this is good because in verse 6, he says, I stretch out my hands to you. Now, what's significant about him stretching out his hands? He's saying, Lord, I'm realizing I got to lift up. There's two words in Hebrew for lifting of hands. Yada toda. One means to give. One means to receive. Would you do it with me? Okay. Now, both of them, the hands are lifted. But one means to give. One means to receive. He said, God, the only way I'm going to fix this issue with my soul is I've got to worship you. And I got to lift up, give you. My mind, thoughts, will, and emotions in exchange for a solution. I'm giving you my soul in exchange for a solution. I'm giving you my problems in exchange for a promise. I'm giving you my issue, and I'm asking you to be Emmanuel. What is that? God with me. I need somebody to take five seconds at this 11.15, and let's do what David did. Let's lift our hands to the worship for five seconds. Go. Father, we give you our issues, our problems. We bless you. We magnify you. We give you our souls and we say, Lord, take over, take control, do what we can't do. We give you our souls and we ask you for a solution in Jesus name. Somebody say, yes, Lord. Lord. So look at verse nine. We're about done. Deliver me from my enemies. Stop. He starts out the chapter saying enemy. He was talking about himself. Now he says in a me's. It's plural. Now he's referring, watch this, because as he started to look at the issues with his soul, he's saying, oh, God, there's some other issues here. See, maybe the reason you have an issue with authority now is because of what happened with your daddy then. Maybe the reason you have an issue with trusting God now is because it happened with your mama then. Maybe the reason you have an issue with your emotions now is because, watch this, you think everybody has to put up with you being emotional because as a child, nobody listened to you when you were emotional. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. He says, deliver me from my enemies, oh Lord. I have fled to you for reference. Let's stop right there. He ran to God, to church, to serving, not from it. I'm amazed as a pastor when people start having issues in their soul And their first thought, watch this, ain't to stop working. Their first thought ain't to, watch this, cut off the people that's actually hurting them. Y'all ain't saying that to me. Their first thought is, let me run from church. I'm going to be out for a while. How in that world, thank you, Lord, do you take a break from the place that's healing you in order to get healed? I need you to stop running from God, and I need you to run to him. Who do you run to? See, your soul will tell you, stay out of church for a while. Your soul will say, don't be serving right now. You're going through a lot. Your soul will tell you, just take a sabbatical from from God. 
telling you this dope. Because this is ooh-wee. Because I'm just trying to figure out, ooh-wee, how in the world does that make any sense? But when your soul is acting up, you'll start justifying stuff that when you look at it, you're like, that's crazy. So let's get it straight. So to learn how to play better, I need to be on the bench. Would you just look at your neighbor and say, that makes no sense. So to get better at dancing, you're going to stop taking dancing lessons? Somebody say, I'm not running from God. Ooh, I dare you to make the devil mad. Say, I'm not running from God. Say, I'm running to God. Watch this. When I make a mistake, I'm running. When I fail, I'm running. When I'm stressed, I'm running. When I'm angry, I'm running. When it don't look good, I'm running. I ain't going over here. I'm running. He's your refuge. You know what that means? Shelter. Give me an umbrella or something to put over me. Something. Something. Say, he's my refuge. Say it again. Say, he's my refuge. Say, he covers me. If you run from God, you're uncovered. You're unprotected. Which means anything that is in the atmosphere is going to hit you. This is why when the moment you run from God, all of a sudden things begin to deteriorate very quickly. Because everything that's in the atmosphere, thank you. Because everything that's in the atmosphere, I just decide what props I'm going to use right mid-message. I just, uh, okay, now, now wait a minute. Give me that one, no, that's mine. That's a commercial. <laughs> All right. Say, I'm running to the refuge. See, so here's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to get mad with somebody in church that you didn't come for anyhow. It's amazing how people, when folks will stop coming to church because they had a problem with a person. So you came for them? That's what you're here for. Oh. There we go. Say refuge. There we go. This is a good one, too. It's a big old umbrella. You can cover your whole family. Listen. <laughs> your whole bloodline is covered. Under the <laughs> Thank you. Say, I'm running to God. Now, if you decide, God, no, come on. No, what you doing? Thank you. Here's what your soul will say. Well, God, if you were covering me, why did that happen anyhow? Now, realizing, watch this. Say, I'm walking forward. See, he covered you. But as you're making progress, there's some stuff in front of you. Stop saying God didn't cover you just because you had to fight what was in. I need somebody to say, Lord, forgive me for blaming you. Yeah, that wasn't that God left you or God uncovered you. You just had to face some stuff that was in front of you. And I need to remind you again, for the rest of this year, you're unstoppable. For the rest of this year, you're unbreakable. Say, nothing's going to stop me for the rest of this year. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Now watch this. Look what he says. Verse 10. Teach me to do your will. That's what he says. He says, teach me how to Dougie. 
This is the 11.15. He says, teach me to do your will. I feel like a genie. <laughs> he says, teach me. <laughs> I just, just had to say it. Teach me to do your will. Where's God's will? In his word. What was he saying? God, I know your word. I just don't do it because my soul stops me. Some of you have been listening to this word for too long to not be practicing it. And I pray that you'd be a doer of this word for the rest of this year. I prayed at the moment, somebody was telling me in between experiences that they had a whole bunch of stuff happening yesterday. They said, but I heard the word in my head saying, press through. I pray that whenever you feel like giving up, you're going to hear the word that's going to give you the will to press forward. Somebody said, Lord, I'm going to do your will. I'm just about done. Teach me to do your will for you are my God. He says, Lord, teach me how to do it because he says, my soul teaches me how to be inconsistent. Mm. He says, my soul teaches me it's okay when I lack in doing what I said I would do. See, our souls will always go to comfort. What kind of food is soul food? Comfort food. If you don't feel comfortable after eating soul food, you didn't eat the right soul food. Your whole life feels better after you had some good greens and macaroni and cheese and bread. It can be yeast rolls, cornbread, hot water cornbread. It can be regular cornbread with corn added to it. It can, it can even be a French baguette with butter on it. I listen. Watch me. He says, I need to know how to do it. Say, Lord, teach me. So to teach you how to do his will, that means God's got to take you through a process where you have to decrease your soul so your spirit can rise. Your emotions have to go down so your evolution can come up. Your thoughts have to go down so that your being a triumphant Christian can increase. He says, lead me. I'm just about done on level ground. He says, everything under me is shaky. And it's not shaky because it's really shaky. It's shaky because of my soul. He says, my soul's got me thinking I can't watch this. I can't depend on what's proven I can depend on. Right, watch verse 11. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring my soul out of trouble. Can we say what David said? Say, bring my soul out of trouble. Notice what was in trouble, y'all. His soul. You should catch that. He never really had the magnitude of problem his soul made him think he had. I come against you thinking that the problem is actually that big because it's not. Your soul has just magnified it. It's magnified your failure. It's magnified your issue. That's why the Bible said, let's preach for a minute. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Why? Because my soul will make me think that the problem is bigger. Just bring my soul out of trouble. And here's verse 12. And in your steadfast love, mercy, you will cut off my enemies and you will destroy all the adversaries of my soul. Wow. He says the enemies. The adversaries have been coming against my soul. What's an adversary? Something against my forward progress. And watch this. David is having a serious struggle because his soul was starving. It's not that food wasn't available, good food to feed his soul. It's that, watch this, that when he was eating it, he wasn't absorbing the nutrients. It's something called mal, watch this, malabsorption syndrome, which means you can eat it, but the nutrients not get to you. Watch this. The number one reason is because of parasites. 
Which means, watch this, when you're receiving something, something in you takes the nutrients from it so that, watch this, even though you sat in church and got fed, you'll walk out and not have the nutrients to be strong to walk through the day. And the number one reason is because of parasites. And can I show you something in the scripture that's significant about parasites? Because check this out. Uh, uh, choosing what you eat is, uh, is, is choosing what you allow into your senses and in your atmosphere. Life is like a buffet. Say a buffet. It's a whole lot on the menu, but you don't have to eat everything that's said in front of you. I don't have to eat doubt. I don't have to eat fear. Watch this. I don't have to eat clapping back. I don't have to eat a slave mentality. I don't have to eat a victim mentality. I don't have to eat unforgiveness, bitterness, hatred, crazy emotions, dishonor, and unfaithfulness to God. Just because it's in front of me does not mean I have to eat it. See, watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Jesus says, I have another food that feeds me. Uh, John 4.32. Jesus says, but he said to them, I have food that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, did somebody bring him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food in verse 34 is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. He said, what I eat is to do his will. Notice, he said, I'm not just receiving the word. My actual food is to do it. So means my meal is actually in my motion. Back it up, back it up, back it up. My meal is actually in my movement. He said what feeds me is to not just hear the word, but to do the word. Sometimes your soul is having breakdowns because you're hearing but not doing. And because you're hearing and not doing, what happens is a consequence, watch this, and some of it, watch this, is creating all of this breakdown, but some of it is because of the parasites that are attached to you. What do you mean parasites that are attached to me? Um, watch this. In Luke 22 and 3, I'm done. It's amazing. It's talking about Judas. Say Judas. Now, real quick, let's pause for the cause. Judas simply refers to somebody that's, that betrays you. And to betray you, you have to get close enough to somebody to betray them. An enemy can never betray you because they're your enemy. Betrayal has to happen from somebody you let close enough that they acted as if they were for you, but really they were against you. Then entered Satan, watch this, into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being numbered amongst the twelve. Now, the twelve, it's not twelve disciples, nor is it twelve uh, even apostles. There were thousands of disciples, students. There were hundreds of apostles sent once, apostello in the Greek. Twelve here refers to the ruling apostles. Acts chapter 1 refers to them as bishops. Let another man take his bishopric. Now, why is that significant? Because Judas was around Jesus getting food every day. But he still, watch this, ran into an issue. Which means don't think that just because you come that that's the end of it. And if you're a leader, do not think that a position or a title or a badge exempts you. I need you to say, I'm not exempt. Verse 4. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers how he might betray him to them. Look at this. Say, I am what I eat. Let's go back to Luke 22 and 3. I'm done. Then entered Satan. Look at me. That word entered is this Greek word. That's the language of our New Testament. Esercomai. What does that mean, Bishop? It means like eating food, a thought enters your mind, listen, through a conversation. 
Like eating food, a thought enters your mind through a conversation. So when it says Satan entered him, what does that mean? Does that mean that the devil literally possessed his body? Mm, here's what it means. He had a conversation with somebody that filled him with something poisonous. So the poison becomes a parasite. So even though he's around Jesus, he doesn't act like it. Even though he's getting fed soul fruit from God, he doesn't act like it. Why? Because he's had a conversation. I need some of you to realize if the enemy wants to take you out, it starts with a conversation. Be careful of the people you're talking to. Be careful of the people you're connected to because you may think it's an innocent conversation. And what you don't know is the enemy was using that to introduce some poison into you. But I just tell you to throw your hands up say, no more parasites. I need you to say it like you mean it at 11.15. Say, no more parasites. What's this? What's this? What's this? It's a conversation with others and yourself. So here's what Judas did. Judas goes and talks to these other guys. They don't like Jesus because they can't get close to him. So they turn Judas against Jesus. And because Judas, watch this, because Judas had an issue with rejection that he struggled for for many years. I've taught you on that before. Uh, Judas's very name means a peephole in a door because, because he's got these rejection issues. The moment it looks like somebody's accepting him, he turns on who's been loyal to him in order to be disloyal to him because he likes the feeling of acceptance, not understanding. They didn't want you, Judas. They wanted who you were next to. People sometimes, you got to be careful because watch this. You'd be loyal to them to the end. They leave you for $20. You've been loyal to them through hell and high water, and they'd walk away from you for somebody to buy them lunch. I'm telling you what I know. You go to the ends of the earth for them. They ain't going to the end of the porch. That's too much. I ain't doing that. Watch me. He spends his days around Jesus, getting the word, being fed. But he's got parasites. These parasites have come through conversations with them. And then here's what Judas does once he leaves them. Hmm. They really like me. How come Jesus hadn't let me lead the revival? How come Jesus hadn't let me do that? How come I don't get to do that? You know? They're right. Jesus is getting too much honor. They're right. They don't take all that. Hmm. They're right. So now he has a conversation with himself. So the enemy says, all I had to do to get you was to feed you. But what I fed you was laced with parasites. And this conversation has introduced a thought. Your soul, mine. So where did the enemy conquer Judas? His soul. Where did he conquer David? His soul. Where is he trying to get you, but it ain't going to work? Your soul. I need you. Let's go to church. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, it's not going to work this time. That ain't how you say it if you mean it. Say, it's not going to work this time. 
Yeah, he did that in January. He did that in February. Did that in March, April, May, and June. But baby, this is a new month, and this is the month of new beginnings, which means what he used last time, it ain't going to work this time. I need somebody to holler. It's not going to work. So I have one assignment. Say soul food. A lot of times we think, you know, it's harmless. Conversations are harmless. Not realizing it will introduce something to you. It's amazing. I like watching this show called Monsters Inside Me. Um, it's about parasites, parasitic infections. We got a lot of medical people in the church. Medical folk, make some noise. All right. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Um, I'm not an MD. Not another one, but here's the point. I like watching this show. Here's why. Because these parasites enter these people. And when they enter, ain't no big old thing. It enters as this small little thing. Watch this. That they didn't even pay attention to. Some of y'all wonder why old folks showed up in your life this year and then left as soon as they came. They needed to introduce. And you put your guard down. You didn't have your spray on. You put your guard down. And it attaches itself. Gets in your body. And you know what got me about this show, Monsters Inside Me? It may take weeks Months, look at me, sometimes years before the parasite shows itself. It can mess with organs, body parts. And what's amazing is many of them that are in the intestines, people eat, watch this, and they'll have good food. But watch this, but it doesn't get absorbed. Why? Because the parasite is stealing its nutrients. So they come to church and shout and clap and give God glory, catch the point. And then the moment they walk out, their soul is like, mm-mm. Be mad again. Be angry again. Act a fool again. Cuss her out again. Y'all ain't talking to me. Why? Because it's taking the nutrients. I come against you being one way here and fighting with your soul out there. We're about to go in for the next 30 seconds. Pray this with me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I heard a word today. I got to put that word in motion. I release and renounce every unknown parasite that's been attached to me, that's been stealing nutrients, that's been stealing your word, that's been stealing fortitude, that's been stealing faith. Say it with me, 1115, and say, and in Jesus' name, I, my soul can receive food and absorb the nutrients. I'm going to be a doer. Matter of fact, say, I am a doer, not just a hearer. In Jesus' name, would you give God a praise in this place if you believe what you pray? Come on, 1115. 
Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All of those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.